Welcome to Tori Studio, the podcast. I'm your host, Tori Hill. I'm a nature lover, skinny dipper, traveler, and proud creator of the Rinse and Repeat Wellness Program. Empowering others to break free and step into their own dreams is what lights me up. Through my personal experience with anxiety and unworthiness, I know firsthand what is required for true self-growth, and I'm here to spill all of it to you. Whether your vision is to feel more peace in your life, identify your dreams, or take action towards them, this podcast is for you. Now is all we have, so let's get started. I had so much fun connecting with this guest. Leslie Schultz is known as the director of vibes. She focuses in on energy alignment and mindset. And one of her clients even described working with her as working with sunshine. And I really love this reflection because talking and connecting with Leslie does feel like that. There is something so uplifting and light and inspiring about Leslie. So you are in for a treat. In this episode, we talked about Leslie's journey on how she transitioned from living a really busy, distracted life that caused burnout and how she stepped into wellness and daily practices that ground her and how she's like gone through this incredible journey of self-discovery and self-growth and how she transitioned from receiving that wellness and learning about it to stepping into a coach role. And so I can't wait for you to dive into this one. It's so good. And I also want to point out that I <laughs> I almost made an edit to this episode. I I don't like editing episodes because I just, I think the raw conversation is really relatable. I did lose my train of thought in this episode and I kept it in because I'm all about taking imperfect action forward. And I want this to maybe be a permission slip for you to do something imperfectly and just kind of own it rather than erase it. So watch out for that. And I just can't wait for you to listen to Leslie. This was such a fun conversation and definitely make sure to connect with her on social media. All of her information is in the show notes and I didn't even mention this. She has her own podcast called direct your vibes and you've got to um, hop on over to that one and listen to her episodes as well. I always tell Leslie, I joke around saying her and I are cut from the same cloth. So if you dig this podcast, you'll definitely dig Leslie's too. So without further ado, meet Leslie. All right, we are live. I have Leslie in the house. Yay! Yeah. Leslie, I'm just going to share the audience briefly how we've connected. Um, okay, I love it. Yeah. So Leslie and I took one of Katie's 
courses. And there are other guest speakers on this podcast who are also from that container. We're like a freaking family now. And I hope Katie's listening to this, just smiling <laughs> ear to ear. But yeah. <laughs> but that's how we connected. And then we like we linked up on social media. Instagram is both of our jam. And then Leslie had me as a guest on her amazing podcast called Direct Your Vibe. And she just told me before we hit record that this is her first podcast interview as like the person being interviewed on a podcast. So like we're each other's full circle and I'm so (laughs) happy right now. Yes, I feel like that was so meant to be how that worked out. I totally agree. So welcome and thank you so much for spending your time here today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Me too. So Leslie, the first question I have for you, and I know it's a loaded one, so we can revolve it around like mindset and energy alignment, but I want to know what your story is and how you got to this version of you and how like mindset work and like the word vibe has entered your life and kind of molded you. So do you mind sharing with us? Yeah, totally. Um, It started really like the title director of vibes wasn't initially because I wanted to be an energy and mindset coach. It was because I worked in events and music festivals and I was always directing the vibe. I wore a million different hats and people would always ask what I did. And depending on which festival we're talking about, it's a totally different thing. But essentially what I kind of figured out one day was, oh, well, essentially I'm, I'm just directing the vibe. I'm Whether I'm bringing the artist in when they've just arrived and showing them the festival grounds or actually behind the scenes doing the production work or the planning all of that comes down to the vibe because from the second the second the artist steps on the festival grounds how their energy works and how they're greeted then transforms into the energy they can bring on stage and like the the energy the crowd feels and while I don't really have the talents to be a performer I absolutely love music so being a part of the live music scene and And helping to direct the vibes in that space was incredible. And that was my life for about a decade. Wow. And while that was happening, as much as I loved my work, I got way too involved and wore this, what I called never not working badge of honor for most of that decade. And I basically worked myself so hard that I had anxiety and overwhelm and stress, that was like my day-to-day norm, but I didn't know any other way. And I was just kind of seeking all of this love and celebration and worthiness Mm -hmm. by channeling it into being busy all the time and Mm -hmm. uh, seeking validation through accomplishments or big festivals that I could produce or, or things like that without knowing that's what I was doing, of course. I was just going into burnout after burnout after burnout. So between that and a really difficult breakup that came right at one of the burnouts of many, (laughs) I kind of hit this rock bottom where I realized that something needed to shift. And um, after a big piece of this story is that after that breakup, 
I was really sad and just like, as you are in any breakup. Yeah. And I decided to not be a pity party at home. Instead, I spent every dollar of my savings to go to Hawaii for a week and a half by myself. And I'd never traveled by myself. I just was like, I need to get out of my head. I need to get out of this house. And so I went to Hawaii and it was the first place where I finally chose me. Like I let go of everything that was dragging me down. I let go of all the need to be working and be busy. And I just enjoyed myself. I had no plan. I didn't know anyone on the island of Oahu, but I made friends and I had the best time of my life and really like got out of my head and just kind of reconnected with myself in a way. Mm-hmm. And when I came back from that, I started doing other things that would help me choose myself. And it started with like simple, simple acts of self-care, like daily movements or uh, slowly inching my way into meditation. And then there was kind of this huge light bulb moment in a meditation shortly after Hawaii, where I sat there like wondering, like, why am I so hung up on this person? Why does this person bringing me down so much? The one that I just went through this breakup with, why does that even matter? The relationship wasn't even that positive of a thing. Yeah. And so I sat in this meditation that was somewhat uh, anchored around that, the idea of, of releasing someone from your life. And I just started bawling in the middle of a meditation because I realized that I was seeking all of this love and trust and commitment from this other person and this validation of being worthy, but I wasn't actually showing up for myself in that way. And so for me, that's sort of where it all started that I realized I needed to give myself those things and I needed to stop looking outside of myself for them. And that was sort of the first segment of energy and mindset work for myself and dipping my toes in that. And I started investing in myself with courses and mentors who had walked that walk and maybe knew how to do that more than I could just from reading books and listening to podcasts and that kind of stuff. Um, somewhere along that journey, I, I figured out obviously by investing in people and just seeing different podcast hosts and all of those things that this was an entire world that like, it's a very large industry that people actually make money helping people through this stuff. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, that's really cool. So it's been years that it's been kind of something in the back of my head, like, wow, Maybe I could help people with that, especially, especially once I started to see some change and transformation in myself. It's like, huh, maybe I could do that. That would be cool. I would like that. But I was still so busy because I was choosing to be so busy with my events and all of those things that I didn't really ever let myself go there until the blessing that 2020 was for all of us. The mm-hmm. events industry completely shuts down get the rug ripped out from under me and all of a sudden am forced to pivot and figure out something else because I no longer have a career. There is no work for me. Um, So that was really hard at first, but then it gave me this opportunity to choose something new and, and try out this idea that I've always had in the back of my mind. I already had my podcast going. So it was sort of like a natural evolution to then put myself out there in a new way to start helping other people work through mindset and energy work and and all of that stuff, which has been quite a journey and so much fun. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Like, oh my gosh, you just shared like 
you just put that so like concisely because that was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. And it's over many years. So I'm like, yeah. try to stay on track with it. <laughs> yeah. So I have a couple of questions my, about your journey. And yeah. my first question is, how did you take that leap from just spending all of the money you had and going to Hawaii? <laughs> like, did you feel something in your body or did you oh, just man. like, how did you know that? How did you feel that knowing? Was it impossible? I remember that. You yeah, did. I remember that so clearly. I was actually sitting in my bed crying and it was like midnight. Oh, you know what too? It was election night, not to get any political on this, but it was election night when Trump got elected. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was sitting there just like sad looking on my computer, like, where could I go? If I was going to go somewhere, where would I go? I don't have that much money. I think I maybe had like three or 4,000 in savings. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, where would I go? And then I started looking at like beaches because it's winter in Tahoe and I was like tired of being cold. I wanted to go somewhere warm and be happy. Yeah. And somehow I stumbled on Hawaii. And then I think somewhere in the same time frame, the election results came in and I was like, the world is a mess. I'm out of here. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was very much like probably now that I think about it, one of the first moments that I connected with my body to get like a, a solid answer of like, is this what I need to do? Is this my next right step without knowing those things or really understanding that language yet? I was just like, is this, is this the next right step for me? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it was part impulsive and part like just knowing that I needed to just shake things up completely yeah. and get out of my day-to-day -day norm, out of all of the funk that I was in. Yeah. And then it definitely shocked everyone in my world. Like you're doing what? Where like next week you're just going? I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm out. <laughs> oh so God. glad I did that though. It was like the best thing I could ever do. Yeah. At the time, I was also wanting to move to Nashville and further my events career. And so that's what I was saving up for. And I just decided that can wait. <laughs> I wow. need to take care of this. <laughs> and how long were you there for in Oahu? Um, 11 days. Wow. And did you ever have like an oh shit moment when you got there? Did you like have a moment where you're like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> oh yeah, totally many. There was one where I was like, you know, I went there in winter, so it wasn't exactly like the ideal tropical vacation I imagined. And there was like many rainy days. There's one night I was walking home from dinner and it's like pouring rain. My umbrella's flipping out, like inside out. <laughs> I'm just like, this is better, right? Yeah, I think this is better, but <laughs> there were definitely some questionable moments, but so many memorable and life-changing moments that far outweigh any of those. Like, totally. what did I just do? <laughs> Totally. And so when you came back, when you returned home to Tahoe, what, like, what did you notice about yourself? Did you have more clarity? Did you feel calm, like more calm? Like what was the shift that happened there? Oh, there's so much, like I had so much clarity. I had this fire lit under me because one of the conversations that perfectly aligned that I had while I was there with this guy that I met who was also going through a breakup and we were just kind of like kindred spirits and talked about yeah. life and everything. And I shared with him that I, I wanted to move to Nashville, but I wasn't sure. And like, I was still like wavering back and forth if it was a good idea. Mm -hmm. um, and he said something to me so simple. 
and hopefully you don't mind if I cuss because I feel like I have no. to say it the right exactly how he did because it was just like I'm like literally just going on and on going back and forth should I do this should I not and he goes well why the fuck not and so I begin to tell him all of the reasons why I don't know if I should and he would interrupt every single one but why the fuck not but why the fuck not and we just got to the end of like an hour at the same response and I'm like huh yeah why the fuck not and so I just kind of came back with like this fire lit under me to continue to choose myself to like why not go chase this dream who cares if it's crazy and what if it doesn't work out so I'm I come back whatever like just do it yeah totally and that I love that he was like you two were meant to meet during that time yeah and I feel like I really resonate with what you're saying because I at first had the mindset of why me like what gives me the right to do that like right I think I am and I just shifted it slightly to why not me like why the fuck yeah. not me like what yeah be different from the people who I want to be like mm-hmm you know? So I love that that's kind of like, that's worked for you too. Cause it's definitely yeah. like shifted my whole life. <laughs> it's fun how like, it's something so simple, but it takes someone else outside of you sometimes to, right. to see that and to just shut down all of your reasons why you want to keep yourself stuck. And he's like, no, none <laughs> of this makes sense. <laughs> yeah, totally. And so you're back and you like, you're working in the music industry and but like you're also doing this self-development and you're kind of like noticing that there's a whole other world of like self-development and mindset where it can growth and all of these things happening that like, did you know about these things much before Hawaii? And like, like, did you, were you aware of all of these resources and coaches and like everything? Uh, Probably not much beyond just like a few people I followed on Instagram and like yeah nothing really that was that close in my world and I think right before Hawaii I had kind of started working out a little bit and trying to just like feel better and I probably for most of my life have had some mental health battles and mm-hmm. just like dealt with anxiety and depression but mm-hmm. never really knew like the right resources to go towards to help myself. I just would figure it out as they go and have the ups and downs. And I just thought that was normal. Yeah, totally. That, that also resonates. I feel like you and I are kind of cut from the same cloth because like your content on social media, I'm like, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. Like all of it. Same, same all the time. (laughs) Was she in my brain earlier today? (laughs) So I'm curious, like when, so it sounds like the switch from like you utilizing these resources and tips and knowledge and the shift from you utilizing it for yourself to wanting to become like more of a leader and a coach, did that happen because of the exposure of the people who you were connecting with that kind of showed like, hey, this is possible. And I'm like curious if it was that like new world that you were exposed to and or like someone in your life who who was like oh you should do that or like how did like I want to know more about the transition of like becoming a coach and like really stepping into that role yeah that was probably a three to four year like experience because 
about a year after Hawaii, as I kind of mentioned, I've been wanting to move to Nashville. So I did that. Mm-hmm. And I did that because I wanted to further my events career. And I was still searching, like figuring that out and working on myself and moving like across the country, far away from my hometown and everything I know was another huge step for me to step into my true self and get to know myself better and really deep dive into this sort of inner work that I think can be a little bit harder when we're around our, like the more well-known environment and the same people. And I don't know about you or anyone listening, but my hometown is a very small town. So most of the people I've gone to elementary school with still live here. There's many of which still living at home, still doing the same things, maybe have the same job since high school. And so it's really a difficult place to grow if you're not in a strong enough mindset. And I wasn't quite yet. So moving across the country was a big step to be able to do that and do that inner work and be around people who are chasing their dreams and growing and being creative in different ways. So I was learning a lot and being in this like new world and seeing that like, wow, yeah, coaching, this is a cool thing. But I still didn't really, I think I just didn't believe like, why me? Why would this work for me? I'm just going to continue with what I know and events seems to be working. And I was, you know, making some good headway and making good relationships with that. Mm -hmm. And I was still actually quite busy with events. So there was like, I wasn't giving myself time or space to make that an option quite yet. But then I still, you know, wanted to do something. So I've always kind of like had that inspirational content online and almost been like coaching for free without realizing I was doing it for years. And everybody's always telling me I'm inspiring them and this and that. And that just felt good. I was like, awesome. Mm -hmm. Let's put that into the world because more people need to do what lights them up. And if me doing that, and sharing that inspires you to do that. Great. Cool. Do it. Um, but yeah, I'd say it was more in the last like couple of years where I started really investing more in myself with coaching programs and being in that space and doing like deeper layers of inner work where I started to look at the beliefs of what I, why I thought I couldn't do it mm-hmm. and start to kind of rewire those. And for sure, like losing the event industry was like my wake up call of like, okay, mm-hmm. you've been kind of sort of thinking about doing this for a while. Yeah. What are your excuses now? You don't have any because <laughs> you have nothing but time. You've already been doing all of this same type of content online. The only difference is I'm not putting any offers out there. I'm not putting any sort of like, here's how you can work with me and learn these things. Yeah. I'm just giving away all of this content for free it's time to take it to that next step. And now I've seen how to do it because I've been through it with multiple different mentors. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And there's so much I want to unpack. And one thing (laughs) that I want to know is when, so a lot of the time when like, if I'm going through something that's uncomfortable, like whether it's fear or worry or anxiety or like limiting beliefs or like if my clients are going through something similar I always go back to the idea that discomfort is opportunity for growth and I'm hearing that like you have kind of 
taken a mentality of embracing discomfort, whether it's like traveling alone, going somewhere completely new, like starting to step into this coaching role, like even having your own podcast, I'm sure things came up, like discomfort came up. I don't want to assume, but you're not, you're not. No, no, I mean, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And so you just said you, you learn how to like rewire, reshift. I'm wondering, are there any like mindset tips or hacks or like physical practices that you do when you're moving through something really uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. like whether it's journaling or like getting support, like what, what are your go-to practices when you're feeling like you're in the raw, sticky, like muck? Yeah. Well, for one, I think I've always sort of had the natural tendency to be okay with doing things that are different or uncomfortable. I've always sort of done things my own way. And like, I don't care if that's how society wants me to do it. That's just like, I just go my own way. Right. Um, so that's almost always come sort of easy to me. And even though I know easy is a hard word, like it's still difficult. It's challenging to go through, but it seems natural for me. I think because I've done so much of it, I have like this evidence bank of like, there's growth on the other side of that. And I always crave the growth. So yeah, let's do it. Um, But for me, you know, the, the tools that I turn to shift a lot based on the the time period or, or what I'm going through in my life. But right now in the stage that I'm in, journaling is probably like number one that has become like an everyday first thing I do in the morning. Um, I recently read this book called the artist's way that a fellow artist shared with me. And, um, in that book, it's like a kind of a a book to help you tap into deeper creativity. And in the book, they have you do what's called morning pages where it's three pages in the morning of just free flow journaling. And it's the space of like, Nothing, no prompt, no theme. Nothing. Just okay. literally like what is in your brain, unpack it. And some days that's really hard where I'm like, oh, I don't know, there's no, there's nothing. And so if you don't have anything, you're literally just supposed to write like, I don't have anything in my brain to say. I don't know what to say. And as you do that, like something will come up, right? And so it's been a really helpful tool for me that I've done probably like eight or nine months now, every single morning wow. um, with my coffee, I, like my phone doesn't get off of airplane mode yet. I get to connect with me first. Mm-hmm. And so that's been a really helpful way for me to be able to be honest in this space with just myself of like, these are things that are freaking me out. And this is what's bothering me without having to push to do the inner work yet. Like, I think it's hard to, when you're going through change and like fears come up and you see them, it's hard to want to like immediately jump into like, okay, let's fix that. And instead I really enjoyed like just being able to just like own it. And like, this is what I'm feeling. This is what is happening for me. And in doing that, it's brought so much awareness to all of the different ways that it gets like entangled in different things that have nothing to do with what you're afraid of. But perhaps you're putting up a wall in another space of your life because you're afraid of this thing over here in the corner. Yeah. Um, so that paired with movement are like my two daily non-negotiables, mm-hmm. like whether, like I always kind of tune in and see what kind of movement I feel like I need, whether it's cardio or yoga or anything in between, but that's like every single day, there's gotta be something. 
Yeah. And I'm curious, some people might be listening and they might say, I don't have time to journal. I don't have time to exercise every day. So my question is, how do you remain consistent? And I know that like you move around a lot, like not exercise wise, but like you go <laughs> on really like cool trips. Like you just had this epic, amazing sailing trip that looked yeah. unbelievable. And like, how do you stick with these daily practices, these commitments when like you're traveling or like your week is different than normal weeks? How do you do that? That's a really good question. And actually the trip that I went sailing for two months is a prime example of that because I had multiple discussions with my fellow boatmates of, of how much those two things specifically help my mindset and how much they help me to get out of my head and reconnect to my body so that like, I don't live my whole day in my head because I can, and I will. <laughs> um, and for one, I think it's a choice. It's a choice to make it a non-negotiable and to make time for it mm -hmm. because it doesn't always have to be like an hour long, two hour long morning routine. And I mean, it can be five minutes of each thing. And if that's all you have time for, like I still notice the difference and I know that it's going to help. Yeah. Um, and so while we were on the boat, it was a funny thing where we're literally like, we're on a boat. There's nowhere to go. It's not like I have the luxury of like, Oh, let, just take me to land. Jeeves said like to do a workout today. No. So I just had to adapt and like would literally move the, the boom out of the way so that I had the center of the boat for just enough space for a yoga mat. And even if like there's waves rocking the boat, I'm still going to go up there and I'm going to try my best to do a workout and hopefully not fall off the boat. And I never did. So that was great. Um, but it's just... I think that the thing that keeps coming back to my mind right now is that it's a choice and it's a hard thing to, to get into like making it a habit. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest piece of it is to, to figure that out for yourself and how that's going to work. Yeah. And I think for me, that's why it, it feels so simple while yes, I'm kind of all over the place. I live a bit, a little bit of a gypsy life. I live in a camper during the summer months and, um, got to just spend those few months on a sailboat. And to me, being somewhere else doesn't change like the mindset and the energy that I want to have each day. So I make it a non-negotiable because I've spent so long building it up to be a habit. And I know how beneficial it is to the things that are priorities to me, which is my mindset and my energy. Yeah, totally. And I'm wondering, have you ever missed a day, whether it was, oh extra? yeah. And like, how do you, how do you talk to yourself when you miss a day? Because I see, um, people miss a daily commitment to themselves and then they're just so like, there's so much shame or negative self-talk that they kind of just stop all together. Right. So how do you yeah. work? missing one day, like snowballs into like, well, then I'll just like go easy on this day. And then it snowballs and it's been like a week that right. happens. I mean, I'm still human. And, and while I say it's a daily non-negotiable life happens and, and sometimes it just doesn't work out. Um, and I think, uh, like my journaling in the morning is sometimes something I have to like negotiate. Yeah. Like, okay. If I have to get up early and do this thing, like I'm probably not going to have time for that. So that's okay. 
Um, sometimes I'll, I'll make an exception and I'll like maybe do like a gratitude list in my phone while I'm on the go to still like sort of connect to that. But yeah. at the end of the day, we're all human and we miss days. And I think it's, it's a matter of just being kind to yourself and not, it doesn't have to mean anything about who you are or the progress that you've made because a day went by and you weren't perfect. Like that's okay. Just try again the next day. It's like every day we reset, the sun goes down and back up. Try it again. <laughs> and my follow-up question is there are, I have some clients who my program, I think, you know, probably a bit about my program, but um, for the listeners who might not know, um, like I have an eight month program and each month you develop a new daily practice and, um, oh God, oh God, I lost my train of thought. Wait, one. this is where the magic of editing comes in. <laughs> <laughs> um, fuck. wait, it'll come back. Okay. It's about. Um, Leslie, I just need to think for a sec. It's okay. Take your time. I totally spaced. It'll come back if it comes back, but I'm going to move on. Okay. <laughs> oh, wait, no, it came back. Yay. Okay. So some of my clients worry that if they miss a day or two, then they have ruined the entire practice. And um, they think that like they need to start over. And I'm wondering, have you ever felt that way about your journaling and exercise practices? Like if you miss one day, did you ruin all of the momentum from before? I think with journaling, I've never felt that way because it's always there. I don't have like a specific thing I'm following and it's just like, okay, well, that didn't happen. No big deal. Um, with exercise, I tend to follow like a calendar. Like right now I'm on week four of this blend of a few different styles of workouts. I do that not so that I have like this like regimented schedule, but I like taking the guesswork out of it where I'm just like, what am I on today? Cool. We're doing that one. And so when I miss a day, like, it's not like, oh, I can't do that one. It's Monday and this was supposed to be on Saturday. Like, I just pick up where I left off and there's, I don't see it as like, you have to start over. You just literally pick up where you left off and continue on. Yeah. Like give yourself the grace to just move forward. Yeah. Going backwards. yeah. yeah. Totally. And my next question is, I'm curious, is there something that you resisted for a while, whether it was like support, an investment, um, an experience, anything at all, but something that you resisted that you you did eventually say yes to and you're so glad you did? Mm, that's a really good one. Um, I think sort of what we've touched on, but like, let me dive into it a little bit deeper and unpack it that I really in this last year have resisted like releasing this version of me that I think other people see me as mm -hmm. going from a decade of working events and being known for that mm -hmm. and then shifting into putting out offers on virtual courses and like doing this whole new world that I think most of the audience I currently have doesn't have any idea what that even is. 
-hmm. I resisted that for a long time and would still kind of want to tiptoe back into the events world, even though it wasn't like there, it was actually shut down completely. But there was definitely a big part of me that didn't want to let go of the possibility that it could come back and that that could save me. And then I wouldn't have to keep showing up in this new scary way. And it took a lot of deep work to, to see that and to see that like, I needed to release that version of my identity in order to allow for a new one to, to be able to take place and for me to actually own it and own that like, I am a coach now. When people ask what I do, it was really hard. And especially now I'm back in my hometown again. Mm -hmm. And when I see people, the first thing they want to talk about is when is this event that I always produced coming back? And it is not for now. Um, (laughs) And it's hard to like shift the focus of that into like what I'm doing now. Yeah. And for a while I resisted owning that because I was putting that on what other people wanted to talk to me about or what other people expected for me to be doing. Yeah. Whereas like, I had all these ideas in my head that I would just be judged about it. And in reality, I'm totally being embraced once I finally set that down and said, okay, event life may come back, but that's going to be like an additional thing to what I'm doing now. And now I get to own my new role as a coach and own that completely and put programs out there that are built from my heart. And I'm so freaking glad that I've done that because the clients that I've taken on, like to see the way that their lives have changed Mm. because I decided to own this and put programs out there instead of being stuck and being scared and waiting for something else to change so that I could stay in my same place. Like that was really hard. Like it almost feels like a breakup with like past me. (laughs) Totally. Like giving yourself permission to evolve and take on like an evolved identity there's like a mourning to be done with the former version of you Mm -hmm. Um, that's a good way to put it yeah definitely a mourning period scary because you have to re-explain yourself to people who have Mm -hmm. known you for a long time Mm -hmm. yeah totally um I'm curious about I have one more question before we do the fleeting eight. And I'm really curious about this one. So before Hawaii, like you were doing, you like you were fucking busy. And then you were like, oh shit, I need to change something up. I need a reset. You go to Hawaii. And after that, it's kind of just been this like blossoming into like you and like you've given yourself time and like really put in so much work with yourself and it's obviously like paying off and I'm wondering has your intuition like strengthened throughout this Mm -hmm. experience and I'm wondering like how you experience your intuition I know some people feel it in their body some people say it's just a really impulsive thing that comes to their mind how do you experience it Yeah, I think it definitely has strengthened over time. And I think the more you follow your gut and follow that intuition, for me at least, like it just, I build trust with myself, which is really important and something that I didn't always have. And for me, it's sort of like this inner knowing. I definitely feel it in my body. Any program I've invested in, Mm -hmm. 
like it's a scary thing and you're like oh gosh like I don't know if I should do this that seems crazy that's a lot of money or whatever it is but I always just kind of sit with myself and like just feel into my body and like what was that feel like for me it's it's like this expansive like full body yes oh my god that feels so good that would be amazing and from that space, I feel like I've gotten really good at knowing the difference between like a full body yes and any sort of inkling of like, mm, I don't think that's quite right. And if if it's not a full body yes, I'm just I'm just not here for it. That's a waste of my time because eventually I'm gonna be resentful or regret it or just be like, mm. and on another layer of what's really helped that is understanding my human design. I am a projector and when I'm not living in alignment with my human design and my energy type, I get really bitter. Mm -hmm. And there are so many instances in my life where I've taken jobs or done certain things that I knew I shouldn't have, but I was like, Oh, I I feel like maybe I should like, this Mm -hmm. seems like maybe. And, and I didn't understand that, that full body. Yes. I didn't know how to tune into that yet. Mm -hmm. And when I didn't know that. And I moved forward, I would be so bitter and become just like so angry about it. And I'm not an angry person at all. But looking back on it, I can see how that came to be and like, oh yeah, it was the wrong decision for me. Of course I was bitter. It wasn't an alignment. And this is perfect that you're talking about this because Siri is coming on to the podcast in a little, yeah, I know. I'm a design queen. (laughs) And Siri's been on your podcast, right? Yeah. And she did a full chart reading for me that was like mind blowing. Oh my God. I thought I understood human design and I did, but like knowing all the tiny little, oh my God, so much information, so wonderful. And it has been uh, just life changing. (laughs) Like it's also so validating. Yeah. It's like, okay, nothing's wrong with me. I'm actually just designed this way. And now I know how to utilize like my energy and I know what the red flags are now. And like, I'm a generator. So frustration is like my red flag. I love knowing it. I feel like it's the most helpful tool I have found. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Are you ready for the fleeting eight where I ask you eight questions and you tell me the first thing that comes to mind? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, what is your favorite place in nature or where? Mm, I'm torn between the mountains and the ocean. Always have been. I love them both equally. So I, I refuse to choose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> What's your favorite exercise or movement activity? Lately, it's been bar, which is like a blend of Pilates and yoga. And it's like kind of dancey and so much fun. I just love it. That's awesome. And I kind of want to add in another exercise question because I know that like you, in my eyes, you're kind of like a movement expert. (laughs) And (laughs) so I'm curious, how would you define exercise? Like, how do you interpret it? Um, For me, it's, it's about movement uh, for the purpose of one, celebrating your body and its strength, mm-hmm. and two, moving the energy through your body so that it doesn't just get stuck. That like movement helps me feel what's going on. Yeah. Oh, I love, love, love that. Mm. What is something that you're grateful for right now? 
Um, I'm grateful for being on the podcast and doing my first interview on a, on another podcast. Yes. So cool. Oh, I love it. Um, what is a mantra or affirmation that has helped you? This is so perfect. I actually made a post about this today that my mantra lately has been, I am abundant and using that to like seek out abundance throughout my life to prove that I'm right. <laughs> I love that. And I have a follow-up question to that one is, a, in your opinion, is abundance just money? No, it's everything. Like it's all energy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's literally like just the other day I got excited because we had five tomatoes in our fridge. I'm like, tomato abundance. Like it's everything. It's just having an overflow of all the things in your life and living in that state, I believe attracts money because money is just energy and everything is energy. So. Totally. I'm, I'm with you there. What is your definition of self-care? Hmm. So many things, but to try to put it simply, it's prioritizing my energy. Oh, oh, yes. I love that. <laughs> prioritizing your energy. Fuck yes. I love that. <laughs> That's good. Um, what is a random act of kindness that you have done or received? Oh my God. The other day, uh, like a week ago, my boyfriend and I were going to go camping and we got six miles from our house in the truck pulling the trailer breaks down on the side of the road 60 like yards from a turnout so we're like in the middle of a mountain road we're like big turns and then he jumps under the hood to try to fix it and something happened with our power so we don't have power to like put hazards on so I'm freaking out like someone's gonna hit our camper which is like our home (laughs) and not even five minutes later a really nice man pulls over in a truck and tows us up to the turnout so we were safe and like able to get the truck fixed without the the panic yeah (laughs) it was the nicest thing ever I was like thank you so much (laughs) where so many people just went by and I'm like "Mm, help (laughs) so nice what is something that you recently did that scared the shit out of you and inspired you all at the same time? Ooh, it's a good question. Um, a few weeks ago, we went sailing, which we do often, but this time we were racing in the San Francisco Bay. And there are some pretty gnarly winds there. We had sustained winds of like 30 knots. That's really strong. And we're on a tiny little, like basically dinghy boat because it's a race boat. And this was the first time I'd ever experienced broaching, which is where the the sailboat goes from straight up to all the way down, like the the mast is in the water. And like the guy that's working on the front of the boat is like hanging on for dear life and we're going really fast. And the, the reason that happens is because something went wrong. And then we also have to fix what went wrong while we're sideways. It was terrifying. It happened twice in one day. And then we decided to call it like, okay, I think we can skip the next few races of the day. Like we've had enough. And I was freaked out about going back out the next day because the winds were supposed to be exactly the same. And I channeled my energy into um, aggressive sandwich making for the whole crew. And I made everybody two sandwiches for no reason. I was like, everything's fine. Are you guys hungry? Everything's fine. So I was really freaked out to go back out there, but I'm so glad we did 
because it's like one of those things when something scary happens, if you give up and you just shut down, like I thought so much about this on our, our way out when we were going back for day two, I was like, okay, if I would have just shut down and said like, I'm too scared. I don't want to go out there. Then I'd be scared to go back out for the next race because there's going to be another one. And this is always like something that can happen when you're on a sailboat. Um, but we went back out, got back on the horse, so to speak. And we ended up winning the race that day. And nope. then the winds picked up and we were like, nope, we're good. Drop the mic. We're out. <laughs> but it was really a good feeling to like go back out there and win and feel so good and like, okay, great. And then we had like a high vibe good feels conversation about what went wrong the day before and how we can prevent that and learn from it. And yeah, it was pretty great. (laughs) Oh my God. I love that story. And I don't know much about sailing, but I do know a little, and to give the audience perspective, eight, isn't eight knots, like pretty fast, like eight knots, you're kind of cruising. Yeah. Like 10 to 15 is usually pretty good and you can move pretty fast. Um, 30, is a lot (laughs) it was a lot and we decided to call it and every single other boat that didn't that stayed out there for the remaining races they broke something they had three people on different boats like go overboard thankfully they were all rescued and fine but like it's cold water you don't want to be in that water so like I'm just glad that we got back safe everyone stayed on the boat nothing broke (laughs) but it was scary (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) And the last question, how do you practice slowing down? Mm, This was something that was really hard for me for a long time, but really just getting out in nature. Mm. That's my reminder to slow down because not only do I get to like connect with nature and that like slows me down, but it's like a, a mental reminder as well, because you kind of see how slow nature moves yeah. and yet everything happens everything's accomplished so that's my big reminder oh and love that observation everything happens and like we don't need to rush around and like force things to happen mm-hmm. we can just let it happen yeah. my my boyfriend actually has a a mantra of his own that is slow down you'll go faster oh. <laughs> i love it now but it really used to piss me off <laughs> because I didn't know how to slow down but then once I learned I was like huh I get it I like that okay yeah I'm with it now (laughs) oh so now I want you to tell us how everyone can connect with you what's coming up in your world tell us everything I know you like you're didn't you tell I think you told me this one time that one of your clients described you as like working with sunshine or something like that yes yes she did yeah that always stuck with me and it like made total sense because (laughs) is such a bright light happy thing like I always so tell us thank you so much yeah um I just launched a new program that I'm very very excited about it's been like birthing inside me for months (laughs) um and it is called anchored which is a 30-day virtual adventure on energetic accountability where I've basically designed a space to empower you to claim ownership of your thoughts your emotions your energy and really anchor into the energy that you desire through self-awareness and energetic accountability. So I'm really excited to have this offer available. It literally just went live a couple of days ago. 
and that's going to start June 1st. So there's plenty of time to sign up. You can connect with me best on Instagram. That's where I'm spending a lot of my time hanging out and sharing cool stuff. My Instagram handle is lesliealison33. And then of course, take a listen to the Director by podcast. Should start with Tori's episode and then go wherever you want from there. <laughs> you go to Siri and then just listen to all of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> amazing. Oh, well, it's been amazing. And is there anything else, like any other final messaging that you want to share with the listeners? The only thing that's coming up right now is just about, you know, tuning into your energy and listening to what it is that you need and honoring it. The more we do that and prioritize our energy, I feel like the brighter our light shines and the more we get to show up more fully for the people in our lives. Mm. Oh, thank you. Oh, so good. Well, thank you so much, Leslie. This has been so much fun. Yeah. I'm just like yeah. a light in my day. So thank you so much. <laughs> Oh, thank you for having me. This is just as much of a light in my day, I swear. Highlight, for sure. <laughs> oh, thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> How good was that? If you are digging these podcast guest interviews, I invite you to consider joining the Rinse and Repeat membership because it's not too uncommon for some of these guest speakers to make an appearance as a private guest teacher in the Rinse and Repeat membership. So if you would like to connect with some of these individuals in a more intimate container, I invite you to hop on over to my website, rinseandrepeat.studio, and check out the offerings listed there and join the beautiful, expansive, inspiring, life-shifting community. I'll see you there. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode as much as I enjoyed creating it. And I would absolutely love to know what resonated with you. Um, give me a shout out on Instagram or DM me. My handle is T-O-R-E-Y dot Hill. It's my name, Tori dot Hill. Um, and hearing from all of you literally lights me up. It makes my day. And it really gives me amazing insight on where to take the next podcast episode. So if you want to contribute and help design this podcast, let me know what your thoughts are. Um, I'd really, truly love to hear from you. And if this podcast episode made you think of someone in your life, please share it with them. Expanding this community will make this world a bit more magical and your help in doing so will literally make all of the difference. And lastly, make sure to follow this podcast so you can catch the next episode. I'll see you there.